Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, welcome to God's Whole Story. My name is Ryan. I'm here today with Chelsea. You know our names by now, actually. What are we doing? <laughs> just honestly? guess who this is. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's me or you. Hopefully that's easy. Um, guess what? Today, John the Baptist, he gets killed. Aww. Uh, Can you, like, the last time we heard about John the Baptist, he doubted Jesus. Yeah, he was having, like, a like a faith crisis. <laughs> now he's dead. Well, okay. <laughs> so, bummer. Herod is, like, the sketchiest dude ever. And there are multiple Herods, and that statement actually applies to all of them. They're super sketchy. <laughs> yes. First of all, Herod, his brother dies, mm-hmm. and he's like, well, I guess I'll marry your wife then. <laughs> and... Then his daughter named Herodias. Right. Is that his daughter? Uh, it's his wife's daughter. But did she name? I don't know. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not caught up on. So he has his wife's tree. daughter do a dance for him. Gross. <laughs> and then he's like, you know what would be awesome if I just let you have whatever you want. And Probably one of the don't. options is half of the kingdom, and she chooses dead John the Baptist instead. I like how the one passage puts it, I want John the Baptist's head right now on a silver platter. Gross. <laughs> what is wrong with you? So they go and execute him and <sighs> deliver his head. Gross. It is gross. I'm laughing because I'm tired still. Uh-huh. <laughs> but this is actually pretty awful. Okay, I- so there is something you can take out of this that's kind of interesting. Okay, tell me. Um... This is a case that can be used for civic engagement among Christians because um, John the Baptist found it very important for some reason. It could be it could be because he's in Herod's prison and like he likes likes to yell at Herod, (laughs) Um, but it was so important to John the Baptist that he call out Herod on his sin um, that it was like a, a clear tension point. And Herod apparently also enjoyed listening to John, even though it troubled him greatly. Mm hmm. And so you do have this this instance of John the Baptist continuing to be kind of, well, not kind of, but continuing to hold a prophetic office, like, in prison to yeah. Herod. Yeah, and I just want to point out again that Herod, well, Herod the first and Herod Antipas, they were both um, Edomites. So, again, kind of like Israel adjacent. So he would have been familiar with They're the from Jewish Esau. That's, yeah. why, that's why we care about Edomites. Right, yes. Um. Yeah, so that's, that's a huge bummer. And then, so Jesus hears the news and he goes to be alone, um, which I, I every time, as we're reading through this, every time Jesus goes to be alone or he goes to pray, which we'll see again in this passage, um, I'm kind of underlining it just because mm. I'm kind of like, it's important to me to find out what Jesus, what made Jesus want to be secluded. It's like a topic study. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it's interesting that he, I mean, he obviously loved John the Baptist mm-hmm. and cared for him in this I'm sure he was very moved by it. And then comes many miracles after that. Like Jesus kind of goes on a miracle spree. <laughs> um, one of them being feeding the 5,000. So do you have anything that stuck out to you in there? Well, I'm kind of bummed with how they, how they split this all up. Okay. Um, so <laughs> if, you, if you're listening today, you're required <laughs> to listen again tomorrow. Um, because John 6 <clears throat> Um, so specifically in John, they put the feeding of the 5,000, uh, right before Jesus teaching on being the bread of life. 
And so feeding the 5,000 actually becomes this like super epic object lesson. Like imagine if your pastor is like, today we're going to talk about Jesus being the bread of life. There is now magically bread under your seat. <laughs> Be like, okay, you have my attention. Um, so that's, that's really interesting. The, another interesting thing about this particular crowd is that we are going to find that when Jesus, uh, Jesus feeds the 5,000, goes across the lake, does some stuff on the other side of the lake. When he comes back, these people are still here mm-hmm. and they're like, we're hungry for breakfast. Do a trick. <laughs> That's what happens. Um, <laughs> what? I think it's a very simplistic way of putting it. No, it's it. literally what happens. <laughs> okay, keep going. <laughs> Which it just gives it gives us a um, it gives us a window into the hearts of the people who are demanding these things from Jesus. Right. Um, because a lot of people that saw Jesus did miracles actually never jumped to the point of like oh, I should have faith and believe that Jesus is the son of God. Mm-hmm. They actually just wanted to use him as like their miraculous Pez dispenser. Cool. Another name of Jesus that we don't know about. Miraculous Pez dispenser. Prince of peace. <laughs> miraculous Pez dispenser. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't have much to add to that. The only thing I, I like things like this because... We know that Philip was from Bethsaida, and so they're in the town of Bethsaida when this happens, and Jesus asks Philip a very pointed question. So I just like little things like that. I just, nothing crazy to point out, but I just think it's interesting um, that Jesus specifically targets Philip, um, who's in his hometown right now, and says, where can we buy bread, Philip, because you're from here? And Philip's like, we can't. So, (laughs) I don't know. Um, Also, Jesus walking on water. It's hilarious. He like he like missed the boat, I guess. I was just like, well, I'll just walk out to it. <laughs> okay, but before that happens, he's up in the hills and praying by himself. Yeah, yeah he is. So I think you mentioned this a while ago, whenever we read this. Um, before, we talked about how Jesus goes by himself to pray whenever something crazy happens or something that has a big impact on his ministry or the church. And so I would say this is a very significant miracle. Peter walking on water is a very famous story. Tell me, Ryan, <laughs> why is only Matthew... <laughs> Bother mentioning Peter walking on water. I don't think I knew that. That only one gospel mentioned it. So my extra credit opinion on this that actually has no merit at all. No merit at all. None. Nobody I, start a church about this or a ministry or anything. I just, this is dumb. So don't take this seriously. I just think Matthew really didn't like Peter. So he made sure that he wrote down that Peter sank. Remember that passage we read <laughs> the other day about every idle word being taken to account for? Matthew is going to be so mad at you when you get to heaven. Well, I'm not going to be judged by Matthew. <laughs> That's true. Jesus will be like, I know, I I knew his heart, actually. And I was a little bit questioning why he wrote that down. (laughs) Oh, man. Guys, don't quote me on any of this. This It's all pretend. (laughs) I do not know why uh, only Matthew pointed this out. However, a lot of them point out that Jesus walked on the water. Yes. every Yeah, they all point out that Jesus walked, including John, which we haven't been in John in a while. Um, So Jesus walked on the water. That is verified by all four Gospels. Peter's walking on the waters, and then Matthew's alone. But again, a very big libel. turning point. <laughs> very big turning point in Jesus' ministry because they all proclaim that he's the son of God. Again, I think. Like, it's just another thing that Jesus is showing his disciples. Hey, I am like, I'm over everything. All of this is him exercising authority in right. different realms in different places. Right. Um, and it, it just builds. Actually, like, Jesus, if you track Jesus' ministry... There was a quote that we read about it was it's basically becoming very hard for him to go anywhere with yeah. without a crowd. I'm kind of understanding that more and more now, like as we're reading it, that there, 
I mean, people all over the place. So when you talk about how, I think yesterday, two days ago, I don't know, we read about how people from Tyre and Sidon had come. Like, these are people that are, like, all over the place coming and learning and wanting to see this guy named Jesus. Um, In Mark 6, this is just kind of my extra credit thing that isn't fake pretend. (laughs) Oh, your extra credit's so much better. (laughs) It's it's really not that important. But I, I was just, like, picturing these people running through the whole area, gathering all the sick people, everybody who has a disease, everybody who's either like mentally because of demons or physically ill, um, and gathering them, running and gathering them and taking them to Jesus just so that they can touch the fringe of his robe. And it's just like, I like had this picture of Jesus having compassion on them where he's just like, like they need, they need a shepherd. (laughs) Um, yeah, I just, I kind of like got it for a second. I was like, ah, Jesus is like, so compassionate towards these people because they were so desperate for healing physically, but he just also knew the condition of their hearts too. But yeah. Anything else we want to add? Sorry, Matthew. <laughs> Our apologies to Matthew. Luke 9, starting in verse 7. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about everything Jesus was doing, he was puzzled. Some were saying that John the Baptist had been raised from the dead. Others thought Jesus was Elijah or one of the other prophets risen from the dead. I beheaded John, Herod said. So who is this man about whom I hear such stories? And he kept trying to see him. Herod Antipas, the king, soon heard about Jesus because everyone was talking about him. Some were saying, this must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. Others said, he's the prophet Elijah. Still others said, he's a prophet like the other great prophets of the past. When Herod heard about Jesus, he said, John, the man I beheaded, has come back from the dead. For Herod had sent soldiers to arrest and imprison John as a favor to Herodias. She had been his brother Philip's wife, but Herod had married her. John had been telling Herod, it's against God's law for you to marry your brother's wife. So Herodias bore a grudge against John and wanted to kill him. But without Herod's approval, she was powerless. For Herod respected John, and knowing that he was a good and holy man, he protected him. Herod was greatly disturbed whenever he talked with John, but even so, he liked to listen to him. Herodias' chance finally came on Herod's birthday. He gave a party for his high government officials, army officers, and leading citizens of Galilee. Then his daughter, also named Herodias, came in and performed a dance that greatly pleased Herod and his guests. Ask me for anything you like, the king said to the girl, and I will give it to you. He even vowed, I will give you whatever you ask up to half of my kingdom. She went out and asked her mother, what should I ask for? Her mother told her, ask for the head of John the Baptist. So the girl hurried back to the king and told him, I want the head of John the Baptist right now on a tray. Then the king deeply regretted what he had said, but because of the vows he had made in front of his guest, he couldn't refuse her. So he immediately sent an executioner to the prison to cut off John's head and bring it to him. The soldier beheaded John in the prison brought his head on a tray, and gave it to the girl, who took it to her mother. When John's disciples heard what had happened, they came to get his body and buried it in a tomb. Matthew 14, 1. When Herod Antipas, the ruler of Galilee, heard about Jesus, he said to his advisors, This must be John the Baptist raised from the dead. That is why he can do such miracles. For Herod had arrested and imprisoned John as a favor to his wife Herodias, the former wife of Herod's brother Philip. John had been telling Herod, It's against God's law for you to marry her. Herod wanted to kill John, but he was afraid of a riot because the people loved and believed John was a prophet. 
But at a birthday party for Herod, Herodias' daughter performed a dance that greatly pleased him, so he promised with a vow to give her anything she wanted. At her mother's urging, the girl said, I want, to be, I want the head of John the Baptist on a tray. Then the king regretted what he had said, but because of the vow he had made in front of his guests, he issued the necessary orders. So John was beheaded in the prison, and his head was brought on a tray and given to the girl who took it to her mother. Later, John's disciples came for his body and buried it. Then they went and told Jesus what had happened. As soon as Jesus heard the news, he left in a boat to a remote area to be alone. But the crowds heard where he was headed and followed on foot from many towns. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped from the boat, and he had compassion on them and healed their sick. That evening, the disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy food for themselves. But Jesus said, That isn't necessary. You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here, he said. Then he told the people to sit down on the grass. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up towards heaven, and blessed them. Then, breaking the loaves into pieces, he gave the bread to the disciples who distributed it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward, the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. About five thousand men were fed that day, in addition to all the women and children. Mark 6.30 The apostles returned to Jesus from their ministry tour and told him all they had done and taught. Then Jesus said, Let's go off by ourselves to a quiet place and rest a while. He said this because there were so many people coming and going that Jesus and his apostles hadn't even had time to eat. So they left by boat for a quiet place where they could be alone. But many people recognized them and saw them leaving, and people from many towns ran ahead along the shore and got there ahead of them. Jesus saw the huge crowd as he stepped out of the boat, and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. Late in the afternoon, his disciples came to him and said, This is a remote place, and it's already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the nearby farms and villages and buy something to eat. But Jesus said, you feed them. With what? They asked. We'd have to work for months to earn enough money to buy food for all these people. How much bread do you have? He asked. Go and find out. They came back and reported, we have five loaves of bread and two fish. Then Jesus told the disciples to have the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of 50 or 100. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish. He looked up to heaven and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread to the disciples so they could distribute it to the people. He also divided the fish for everyone to share. They all ate as much as they wanted. And afterward, the disciples picked up 12 baskets of leftover bread and fish. A total of 5,000 men and their families were fed. Luke nine ten. When the apostles returned, they told Jesus everything they had done. Then he slipped quietly away with them toward the town of Bethsaida. But the crowds found out where he was going and they followed him. He welcomed them and taught them about the kingdom of God, and he healed those who were sick. Late in the afternoon, the twelve disciples came to him and said, Send the crowds away to the nearby villages and farms so they can find food and lodging for the night. There is nothing to eat here in this remote place. But Jesus said, You feed them. But we have only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Are you expecting us to go and buy enough food for this whole crowd? For there are about five thousand men here. Jesus replied, Tell them to sit down in groups of about fifty each. So the people all sat down. Jesus took the five loaves and two fish, looked up to heaven, and blessed them. Then breaking the loaves into pieces, he kept giving the bread and fish to the disciples, so they could distribute it to the people. They all ate as much as they wanted, and afterward the disciples picked up twelve baskets of leftovers. John 6, 1 After this, Jesus crossed over to the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went, because they saw his miraculous signs and healed the sick. 
Then Jesus climbed on a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, Where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is it with such a huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, Now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. So they picked up the pieces and filled twelve baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, Surely he is the prophet we've been expecting. When Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king, he slipped away into the hills by himself. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake to Bethsaida, while he sent the people home. After telling everyone goodbye, he went up on the hills by himself to pray. Late that night, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on land. He saw that they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them, walking on the water. He intended to go past them, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. They were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. They were totally amazed, for they still didn't understand the significance of the miracle of the loaves. Their hearts were too hard to take it in. Matthew fourteen twenty two. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross the other side of the lake, while he sent the people home. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away on the land, for a strong wind had risen and they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came toward them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on water, they were terrified. In their fear, they cried out, It's a ghost! But Jesus spoke to them at once. Don't be afraid, he said. Take courage, I am here. Then Peter called to him, Lord, if it's really you, tell me to come to you, walking on the water. Yes, come, Jesus said. So Peter went out on the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. Save me, Lord, he shouted. Jesus immediately reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why do you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshipped him. You really are the Son of God, they exclaimed. John six sixteen. That evening, Jesus' disciples went down to the shore to wait for him. But as darkness fell and Jesus still hadn't come back, they got into the boat and headed across the lake towards Capernaum. Soon a gale swept down upon them and the sea grew very rough. They had rowed three or four miles when suddenly they saw Jesus walking on the water toward the boat. They were terrified, but he called out to them, Don't be afraid, I am here. Then they were eager to let him in the boat, and immediately they arrived at their destination. Mark six fifty three. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. They brought the boat to the shore and climbed out. The people recognized Jesus at once, and they ran throughout the whole area, carrying sick people on mats to wherever they heard he was. Wherever he went, in villages, cities, or the countryside, they brought the sick out to the marketplaces. They begged him to let the sick touch at least the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Matthew fourteen thirty four. After they had crossed the lake, they landed at Gennesaret. 
When the people recognized Jesus, the news of his arrival spread quickly throughout the whole area. And as soon as people were bringing their sick to be healed, they begged him to let the sick touch the fringe of his robe, and all who touched him were healed. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.